Welcome to the Fantasy Gorilla Show with Trader Joe, your underground swag spot for fantasy baseball points leagues, dynasty, and redraft. The Fantasy Gorilla Show is powered by the Weekly Streamer, where sharks go for dynasty advice in the fantasy baseball universe. The Gorilla Show theme music is Giant Eagle Beats from Main Street Music Studios. All the fantasy gorillas know to hit your boy Trader Joe. If you're trying to win your league, I will help you take the gold points league master. Show you where the aces go. Welcome to the podcast. Now we're going to play the show. Show, show, show. Yo, what's good, fam? It's your boy, Trader Joe, and I'd like to welcome you to the Fantasy Gorilla Show, powered, of course, as always, by the weekly streamer. And this episode's been a a couple days late, so I definitely do apologize, but let's get right into it. I'm going to give you a few uh, buy low and sell highs for your points leagues, your dynasty points leagues. You can apply this also to kind of your redraft priorities, too, as well, a little bit here. And before I get into it, I just wanted to give you all a principle a, a principle, two principles really actually, two principles that I've applied during the last week, two nuggets of wisdom, and these will definitely help you. Strategic gems, that's what, that, you know, I go over a lot of these kind of things on the on the Gorilla Show. I'm, I'm not necessarily the biggest pencil geek in the fantasy universe, but I, I, got, a, I got a few swag uh, techniques that I can I can help you with. One of them, and you know we focus heavily on trades here. The name is Trader Joe. Big on the trade block, big on the trade market. It's pretty much the uh, the most enjoyable aspect of fantasy to me, drafting, trading, player acquisition, <laughs> you know. This piece of advice for you applies to the trade market. Now, often you will scroll through teams in your league and you will see the players on other people's teams, other owners' teams, and you will say, gee, I would really like to have that player on my team. And so you will message that owner that has your desired player. Let's say it's uh, let's say it's Luis Patino of, of the Tampa Bay Rays. You want somebody that you can plug into your uh, starting pitcher at, in that relief pitcher spot and you believe that he's going to win a spot in the rotation, you're seeing it now. It obviously is yet to play out in spring training. Ray's said they're going to give him a shot. He's he's one of my he's one of my favorite pups. And so I want that player. And so you you open up this your fantasy app, you message that the the owner on your on your chat, your group chat, whatever. And you say the for the Patino owner, I want to I want to buy Richard Rich I I want to buy Luis Patino. How much does Luis Patino cost? What would you want to give up? I, I, I hate. What would you take? I'm sorry. What would you take in uh, to part with Luis Patino? I hate it. You don't. You, you. That's that's one of the things. Look, I, I. You know, you. It's it's tempting to do that. It's tempting to ask the other owner. Just hey, what would it take to get to get this player? You're always going to come up with a number that is that's higher. You're always going to come up with a cost that's higher when you do that. Uh, it's it's you want to engage 
the trade conversation by offering something. You don't want to just in a nebulous, hey, I like this player. What is what's it going to take to get rid of him? It's it's first of all, as we went over in the trade commandments, you don't want to make the other owner the 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 party that you're approaching do all the work. So now they're looking, they're flipping through. They weren't thinking about trading Luis Patino before you spoke up. No, it's oh geez, okay, well he's got value, obviously. Um, you know, out of all the players that I have on my roster, that's the one he's targeting. It's for a reason, uh, in his mind. So, or in her mind, what do I do? What do I do? Well, I'm, I'm going to quote you high. I'm going to quote you high. I'm no, I, mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, I want, I want to, I want top five prospect value for him. You know, okay. Well, you know, it, it's much better. It is much better, much, 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 much better to go in there and to calculate what that team needs to select the player that you want and to start it off with an actual offer. Now, it takes more work. It's it's always tempting because you think, human nature thinks, well, maybe they'll just say something that's not that valuable to me, or, you know, that's a slam dunk deal. Why don't I put it on them? Don't put it on them. Start with the offer. Trust me, it, it's, it's a much, 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 much better way to go psychologically. Because if you come at them with an offer, then... That they know exactly. They know. Okay, well, where's this team standing? What this team is offering me, offering me this value. They they've already got the ball started. They they there's already a ballpark in what the incoming offer is worth to the proposing team. And remember, with the trade commandments, as long as it's really enticing, you're going to engage. If it or if it hurts you, if it tinges a little bit when you offer, like oh, yeah, that's a lot, but I'll do it. You know, that's going to usually open up the door for a good, productive trade conversation. It's coming in does not psychologically help that deal, even if it's information they didn't know. They're not going to trust the source. So you're why? OK, so what is this? Why are, why are all of these amazing things about this player that you're getting rid of true? And you just want the oh, you just kind of like my guy. But this guy that you're offering has all these amazing stats and everything like that. It's suspect. Don't do it. Don't do it. If anything, what you want to do is you want to hype up the player that you're targeting. That's game right there. Say, you know, like I was talking to a team in my league about Corbin Burns, and I put together a heavy offer. I mean, a heavy offer for Corbin Burns. It was uh, Hancock. I, it was Hancock, Lacey, uh, I believe uh, Blackman, Baez, and a piece. It was, it, was, it was an insane package coming in that way. But instead of offering, instead of like offering all this information about how, you know, Emerson Hancock is, is the next, uh, you know, is, is, the, is the next top five pitcher on the Mariners. And he's, he's every bit worth his top 25 prospect value in points leagues. And then Lacey, of course, even better than him because he does this and this and this. And then you got this. And, that. you know, instead of all that coming in at them. Uh, I would rather hype up the player that I'm targeting because that shows that you value that player as highly as the owner of that player does or as highly as that owner wants him to be valued. It's a lot better psychologically. Oh, yeah, I just I, I love Corbin Burns, which I do. And if you listen to the pitcher rankings, you'll see. I believe I have him like 15th overall in points leagues or something like that, something crazy for the general fantasy community that – 
They'd say, I'm absolutely nuts. Love Corbin. Love Corbin Burns. He's going to be a Cy Young winner. But this is the way I'll talk about him to a team that I'm approaching about Corbin Burns. I'm not going to hype up the package that I'm sending in. The numbers will speak for them. The, the money talks. The, the, you know, show me the money. So if I'm saying, yeah, this player that I'm targeting is absolutely tr- tremendous, I'm going to send you a fat pack for them. Here you go. Bam. Then they're going to look at it coming in. Boom. The minute that I start advertising and selling them on the players that are coming in, it's it's a turnoff. People don't like it. People do not like it. If you want to talk about your players that are on your team and you want to sell the league your players, do that in the in a format where you're not actually actively shopping one of them. Talk about it in the in the league chat. It's all good to pump up your players, but don't pump them up to the team that you're selling them to, that specific player at that specific time. No good. No good. It's 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 rookie, it's rookie advice when you'll see these fantasy columnists saying, hey, hype this dude up by this. Say this, 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 pitch this about this player, and then freaking sling them. You know, when you're doing it in the midst of a deal, uh, no good. No good. At all. So that's the first kind of principle right there. It's actually, it was like two and one right there. I was going to go over two principles, kind of really three now. So you remember, just in in uh, in recap, make sure that you don't just ask a nebulous question to an owner like, "What's it going to take to get? Uh, what's it going to take to get Charlie Blackman? What's it going to take to get uh, uh, Goldschmidt? What's it going to take to get Chris Bryant? Uh, what's it going to take to get Soto?" Don't don't ask them those kind of questions. Come with a specific specific offer. Boom! Shot you a fat pack for. Uh, shot you a fat pack for for Woody. Shot you a fat pack for Woody. Love Woody. Woody's my. Woody Woody's crazy. Really believe him this year. Really want to get something done. Hopefully that speaks for itself. Bam! There you go. Much better that way. Trust your boy on that. Trader Joe at the Fantasy Gorilla Show. Now they, so that's the first principle right there. Second principle is you, like I said, you don't want to hype up your guys that are that are coming in. Make sure you don't do that. Hype up the guy that you're targeting, not not the people that, that are coming in. Very important right there. And then the third principle wanted to discuss before we get into some uh, some players I want to buy and some players I want to sell. Maybe a couple of those today for your dynasty points leagues. Third principle is this. Plain and simple in an auction, right? The time when you get the most value often. Now, this is not auctions are fickle beasts, but the and and auctions are, by the way, the best way to if you're starting a dynasty league, especially a dynasty league. It's the best way to draft because everyone gets a shot at each player and there's so much skill involved in actually valuing the entire draft board and there's it's just it's just a way better way to go in an auction more fair more skill so if you're in an auction and auctions can be very 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 diverse in terms of their application but i'm going to give you something that applies let's just say is maybe like a 60 to 70 percent general rule everybody when you go into an auction believes that the first players that get nominated, that they're not going to bid immediately for them. They think, ah, you know, the first players that get thrown out, I got to be careful. I got to save my money. Everyone thinks that. Now, this doesn't mean that everyone keeps that discipline throughout the draft. Hardly. Most people, nobody usually keeps that discipline throughout the draft. But at the very beginning, that is when you can get, is a, it is a great time to jump in and get studs sometimes superstars for absolutely cheap 
Because everyone's thinking, dang, I got to I got to hold my money. They're just getting into it. They don't want to be that first person with minus 80 on their board, you know, minus $80 in one player on their board. So that's the time. Everybody's thinking, hold a little guy. I'm going to throw guys out and let everybody else spend their money. So everyone's thinking that already. And that's what fantasy analysts a lot of times say is in auctions, hey, you want to nominate first guys that you don't really want that are popular and get everybody else to spend their money. Everybody knows that heading into an auction. That's what the deal is. Uh, that's what the deal is going to be. And so this is something that I actually just, uh, you know, I've, I've heard it before, but usually I'm kind of a, you know, I, I never really I don't have a strategy in auctions, but this is something that I've been doing recently in the in a league called the Pygmy Gorilla Show, which we uh, started recently off the Fantasy Gorilla Show. I was able to apply this and get uh, a Cunha for sixty eight bucks, ten dollar per player draft, basically a, a roster of uh, is like forty three players, four hundred and thirty bucks. In, in the auction, I was able to get, uh, which is standard, standard, 10 bucks for player averages is, is what the, is what a standard auction is. I was able to get a Cunha for, uh, for 68 bucks. I mean, that's, inc- that's, a, that's incredible value for this kind of, um, for this kind of budget. And I was able to get Bieber for 70. I mean, a little bit later on in the draft, like Jack Flaherty went for 95. He, he went, when, See, when people are ready to spend money and people have held on to their money and they see people off the board already, they see big players off the board already, there starts to be a, a, a press and a squeeze. Oh, my gosh, there's only a certain amount of aces left. Now, all of a sudden, this remaining ace, because of the supply and demand principle, shoot, that's a lot of money for this guy. And so I'm going to keep going to make sure I'm not holding the bag of no aces in a points league. Hell no, that's not going to be me. So at the beginning of your draft, that is the time. Be ready to pounce. Be ready to come in there and get a chunk out of your budget for something absolutely awesome or even something mid-range, even something mid-range. You you might be able to get, you know, right off, say, Wander Franco is nominated, and he's not mid-range, the best prospect in baseball, but in terms of an auction being spent, he's not going to be the most expensive player in a dynasty startup in an auction. Franco is going to be mid-range to up there if he's nominated somewhere in the, in the, in the beginning mid of the auction. But imagine he's nominated first. You might be, you might, Wander Franco, bam, first. You might get him for 25, 26 bucks, 27 bucks. Like, whoa, you know, even 30, that's a steal. That's a steal. You know, as opposed to like a little bit later, you know, after some other players go and people are ready to spend. And yeah, you know, then, then that could be $10 more. Little, little quick way to, to get a little bit of extra value. Be ready to jump early in auctions because of the psychology for it. You don't want to see that's the whole thing is when when people are going in one direction, you kind of want to go the other. When everybody's thinking a certain thing, you want to play off of that. You want to go in the other direction. Really important. Now, for your players that you I have a few players I want to sell and a few players that I want to buy in your dynasty points leagues. Now, the first one that I am selling is Max Freed. This is something that I've recently come to conclusion on. Max Freed is is consensus top 20 starting pitcher in in dynasty leagues. He's ranked really really high. He's he's definitely he's going really high especially in in points leagues. He just went in the auction that we had for way over 50 bucks. It, it's it's an expensive pitcher. It's an expensive price. Everyone's projecting him to be a fabulous ace. And I don't have really anything against Max Freed in terms of like, 
you know, he's not going to kill your team. He's not going to he's not going to hurt you. But I have serious questions about the ceiling of somebody like Max Fried, and here's the reason why. So Max Fried has you know six sick curveball, dope fastball. He's got a good repertoire. Uh, he's not a two pitch guy, but the, he's he's got this reputation for being able to reach back at 96, 97. And, and we see that a little bit, but there's a lot of games out there where he's he's throwing 92, 93 miles an hour. And the 92, 93 version of Max Freed is is like a it's it's a it he's he tosses meatballs at that at that velocity at that velocity. Um, they're easy to square up. Now, it's not necessarily that he gives up a ton of stuff with them, but it's easy for them to, I don't want to say square up, it's easy for batters to get the bat on the ball with with that velocity. Like 97 Max Freed is filthy, is just, if I know that I'm getting 97 Max Freed throughout a whole year, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this whole opinion. But based on the fact that the a lot of these fastballs and Brooks baseball has them at a at an average ninety four miles an hour, um, I, I, a lot a lot of ninety two, a lot of ninety three, and for somebody that is a southpaw that is supposed to be a devastating pitcher to fix rising stud and everything like that, people don't really understand. He he had he had he pitched fifty six innings last year, and had fifty strikeouts. Like that's not the business. That's under nine strikeouts per nine. And then in the in in the postseason, he didn't he didn't do better with the with the strikeouts. They just they just weren't there. And I mean, <laughs> you know the the twenty twenty postseason stats. He's he's got you know twenty three innings pitched, twenty three strikeouts. I think that's who Max Freed is. He's he's less strikeouts than than Framber Valdez. I don't see a reason to rank Max Freed above Framber Valdez. I really do not. I just don't. Yeah, we went over Framber as a league winner and everything, but right now, in terms of value, if you have if you have Freed, you can get Framber in a very nice piece. And I think that Framber is going to have a better year than Max Fried. I think that Framber goes longer into games, which is huge, important in in points leagues. Has a higher uh, strikeout rate than than Freed. Has a higher average velocity than Freed. Has more movement on his pitches. I don't see. I don't see it. I think that Max Fried is a lot. I mean, he's ninety seven, ninety eight. Max Fried. That, that's that's a sick. That's a different cat. There's a there's a difference about that. But 92, 93, 94, 93, 92 Max Freed, it's kind of a, a straight-ish fastball, and it's just it's not it's not that dynamic. I prefer Ian Anderson to Freed. It just skills based alone. His teammate Ian Anderson, I think, is gonna be better than Max Freed this coming up year. Now, I do believe that what we I just don't believe that Freed is going to, you know, take this step up and be this dominating devastating left-handed pitcher. I don't see that. I do see as long as he doesn't get hurt, which is for every pitcher, right? I do see a good floor. 
I don't think Freed's going to hurt you. This is not, hey, I hate Freed. If you if you got him, sell him. That's not. I'm I'm not taking that kind of crap on the head of Max Freed. I'm just not doing it. That ain't what I'm doing. But what I am saying is that the value in the industry right now. Imagine he goes out and he has the same strikeout rate this year. Uh, just imagine that. What's he going to be? People are going to be, and people have not caught on to this. If you say, hey, Max Freed's got a low strikeout rate, your league mates, they're just not going to, they'd have to look. They'll be like, really? What? Are you serious? I, I thought he's the bomb. Everyone has this, this, the aura about Freed is a strike you out dominant power lefty. That's not who he is. It's just not. I mean, he has the capability. It's, you kind of see it. But there has been injury concerns there in his past. You don't know why the velo. He's just more comfortable a lot for a good volume of pitches in the game, kind of staying low in that velo. And it's not really dominating movement on all the stuff to do that. It's it's good kind of – he's got command. It's not just control. He's got command. It's, it's cool. It's good. It's But it's not – man, dude, it ain't just – it's just not that dominant – ceiling i prefer blake snell if you talk about a ceiling play much 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 prefer blake snell to max freed blake snell comes out there and and he'll have these games where he just makes you look foolish it's just it's four pitches all this all look in the same arm slot the tunneling is just crazy and it's just yeah fastball change up curveball sit down and it's you know the fastball is at 97 then the the change up is, is sitting there like it's like 81 and then the curveball comes in just hooks around the side and it's just oh man and do it and you're like wow that is crazy and he has these games where he just it just looks insane i i don't that's that's not I mean, Max Freed might have a higher floor than than Snell. I don't even. I'm not even sure about that. I yeah. I just. I don't even. I wouldn't even put the. I I much prefer Blake Snell to Max Freed, but I don't think that Max Freed is going to kill your team. I think he's a he's going to be a a safe low end to high end number two in fantasy. That's what he is. I think he's going to be in that. He's 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 fairly an SP fifteen, depending on what pitchers in the league are doing, to SP twenty six. That's where Max Freed is, uh, and that's fair. Back end of that for me, but I could see I could see moving him. I just I unless he unless the strikeout rate improves, not for me. So you can get my my point is is not that you have to get rid of this this guy's going to hurt your team. My point is that. I think this time next year, if it's the same pitcher that we saw last year or something close to it, which is kind of what he is, I think, with this strikeout rate, you're gonna you're gonna see that you're gonna see that same thing. I mean, his career strikeout rate is only eight strikeouts more than innings pitched. Total. That's it. And that's when he was, you know, a little bit when he came up two years ago, he was he was throwing harder. I mean, that was more the strikeout guy. It's, it's just when he does, when he's not max, when he's not 97 max freed, 96, 97, it's just not the same. It's not the same guy. I think we see more of that. I think he settles in as he gets low, longer into his career, and we see a lot of those, you know, 8.9 Ks per nine type of numbers for him. Now, a player that you want to buy. Or, or hold if you have them. You want to make sure as that you you don't you're not the one selling this player 
right now at this at this point at least. And that is that's Max Scherzer. So Max Scherzer, everybody's like, dang, dude, this dude's 37. He didn't have a great year last year. There were, you know, some signs that it could be the possible decline. That is the narrative on Max Scherzer. And you know what I say this when I made him part of a big package for for Glass now, but that's just because I love I love Glass now so much. But Scherzer, dude, this is this is this is the an example of right now where the industry is on Scherzer, where the majority of the industry, the dynasty industry is, is I don't want to be stuck holding the bag. That's the general kind of consensus and the feeling that people have about Mad Max. They just don't want to be holding the bag on him. They want to move off of Max before it gets too bad. And so that when people are thinking that, and that's the general consensus, this is not the time that, that you want to sell them. You just don't. Well, let me get something for them now. No, no, no. You want to see that stock rise a little bit before you cash the chip. And in points leagues, you want to make sure, like, if if your league sees a player that hangs a dominant 45-point outing on, on the board and helps you win, there's going to be huge momentum behind that player. And so when you look at some of Max's, he had, he had a whip over, over 120 last year, but he had a giant high strikeout rate. A very, very, very good strikeout rate. His velo was the best that it's ever been last year. The stats were a little bit unlucky in terms of the batted ball data. All right, so he was giving up a lot of lucky runs last year. And yeah, did he look like vintage Max all the time? Absolutely, he did not. He did not. But this is, as I would want to sell Max Fried and cash to chip because the value is high. What is the percent chance? Like, would you be totally shocked if if Scherzer came out and had a complete game shutout in his first game this year? I mean, he, what Max has a great makeup, a great character, and a great makeup, and he is a bulldog, and he is an ace in every way, in every shape and form of the of the term, and has been so for a long time. And and he could come out there, and he could come out focused dialed in, give you a complete game shutout the first game the first game of the year. I mean, what is his value then? It's much higher than it is today. So wouldn't you rather, if you have someone like Max Scherzer on your team, would not you rather hold on to that chip and gamble on a couple good outings or one really, really spectacular outing at the beginning of the year before you sell? Why sell right now? just doesn't doesn't make sense at all in the general sense of the word to sell Max Scherzer for anything less than ace value because that number 37 years old is going to fly out the window it's going to absolutely 100% fly out the window with a good performance and so you want to kind of ask yourselves those kind of questions you want to think and is there any kind of way that and he's 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 only he's only uh, thirty six. He's going to be thirty seven on on July twenty seventh. But you want to think: Is there any kind of way where the value of this player, like you're you're reading things, you're getting a little bit nervous? Perhaps you had him last year and he hurt you in the playoffs a little bit or whatever. 
Is there any way that I'm I am being driven by the news cycle to value this player in a specific way, or driven by experience to value them in a specific way when there's at least as good of a chance for this player to increase in value before I dump them? So I am about sell. I would overall like to sell Max Scherzer in a dynasty league, especially, but I want to sell him for good money. And the only way you can sell a player like this for really, really good money right now for that top 10 value is to wait for him and gamble on a couple nice games. Be a good, be a good, it's a good gamble. Max Scherzer could come out absolutely dominant. Even if he's on the decline, he could come out absolutely dominant for a game or two. And that is when you want to strike. You want to strike where the iron is hot right there. Another player that I really, really have to have in the uh, as this fantasy draft season has progressed, player that is just shooting up my board, my personal board, Trader Joe's board, is Zach Plesak. And this is your last chance to get this guy at anything that is a reasonable value. As Rotographs has pointed out, uh, Michael Simeon, on October 21st, article right there, last October, uh, is Zach Plezak a bona fide ace? He points out that the Indians pitching coach, uh, Carl Willis, attributes uh, Plezak's success to a hard work ethic and delivery. This guy's got a sick hard work ethic. Uh, Willis goes on record saying that Plezak really impresses with command. And in this offseason, he worked on his balance, trying to repeat the same delivery more frequently. Uh, this resulted in a walk rate, you know, the previous offseason, uh, that was not this one. But his walk rate had dropped from 8.4% to two th- in 2019 to uh, 2.9% in 2020. And so this is a hardworking dude and puts the time in with the Indians uh, with I mean, Carl Willis is is just absolutely a beast. Puts the time in with this sabermetrically inclined Indian staff. Anything that comes that the uh, all the mound puppies that the Indians get, even the, the ones with like little to no pedigree, like like Zach Plesac and and Shane Bieber. These guys they they just turn into such monsters. I love another another one, Tristan McKenzie. Absolutely love him. They call him Sticks. Love him too. We're talking about. Plesak right here, the walk rate dropping and being a hard worker. A lot of people, because of that COVID incident with with Clevenger, a lot of people think that, you know that this kid's a partier and he's he's foolish and things like that. But that is not the reputation that he had. That he that he has with the actual the Indians absolutely love this dude, and they the he's just a model of their of their pitching staff. His pitch mix is it's 37% fastball, 25% changeup, 27% slider, and 10 and 10% curveball. And so the breaking pitch, the fastball is kind of an average pitch. He's throwing his breaking pitches more. Fastball is not bad. You know, it's it's 93, 94, 95 miles an hour. But he's throwing these breaking pitches a lot more. Sounds a lot like Shane Bieber, a lot like Shane Bieber, and he's is this the changeup is now a viable, viable, viable weapon for him, a pitcher that you are getting 
at around pick 75 in a snake draft and or later and this is a this is a sick 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 upside right now for a pitcher that is you know could easily be in the in the top 5 discussion next year i get give me all the shares in the world for Pleasak. if i have freed oh another one is a, is a higher strikeout rate, rate of course than max freed and i don't think we've seen Pleasak put it all together yet I mean, and also the length that he gives you. A lot of seven-inning games, inning, an eight-inning eight, eight game with 11 strikeouts. Real, 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 real dope. ADP of 79, that's right. Had an ADP of ADP of 79. So if I can get a, a pitcher at the 80th pick in a draft, I got him in the, in the, in the Gorilla Show, the Pygmy Gorilla Show auction. We call it Pygmy Gorilla Show because it's 12 teams instead of 14. <laughs> Pygmy Gorilla Show League got him for $30. That's pretty cheap. That is pretty cheap for an ace in a points league, a puppy ace on the Indians in a points league. And, you know, with guys like Flaherty and and uh, even Glass now, maybe the hype that your boy put behind Glass now had some effect on that. With, with these guys going 60 70 bucks. You know, Plesak for half that when he could be just as good easily. I am all in on that. If I have Freed, I'm trying to cash that chip for Plesak and let me get a piece too. Let me get let me get a piece. Let me get Plesak and a smidge, as they say. Plesak and a smidge for for Freed. You can get that if you have Freed. If you have Freed, you cash it in for Plesak. Plesak and a, and a smidge maybe. Even straight up, I do that all day. I do that all day. I have much more faith in Plesak than I do in Freed. I believe that Zach Plesak is a bona fide ace. So those are those are two players right there that I want to be. See, Max is a hold. He's not necessarily a buy. I want to hold Max Scherzer or even buy some shares if I can get them now. I want to buy some shares of Max and gamble on if I can get them for cheap. If I can get shares of Max Scherzer for cheap, I'm doing that. I'm doing that, and then I'm going to gamble and I'm going to I'm going to see if I can sell when it's when it's higher. Plesac is an aggressive buy right now, unless the price is absolutely insane, ridiculous. If I have to give up somebody that's already a, a ace that's ranked higher, like Jack Flaherty, even though I might even have more confidence in Plesac than Flaherty. Um, I'm I let if I can get it for a reasonable price, full full price, you know, fifty top fifty value and after the top fifty players, if I can get anything in there, after the screw it, like after the top forty five play, if I can, if I as long as I don't have to spend like the most money in the world for Plezak, I'm doing what I have to do to get him on my team. Max is not an aggressive buy; he is a buy. He's a buy because the price is going to be cheaper than peak Max. And I can get in in the industry saying sell. So I kind of want to buy a player like that if I can gamble on a couple great starts in a points league, which I believe I can with Max Scherzer. Zach, please, Zach, that is an aggressive go out and buy. Get him now. Get him now. This is the cheapest that he is ever going to be. All right. And then the last one here, this is a sell. And this is going to come as a shock because I believe I just talked this pitcher up in my rankings episode, in the pitcher's rankings episode, or at least a little bit, at least a little bit. 
But I re I, I want to reevaluate this one real quick. I'm I'm at least moving them down a little bit. Uh, Richard Haig, the Hawk, from the Weekly Streamer, which is the fantasy group that powers the Fantasy Gorilla Show with your boy Trader Joe, is the one that, that pointed this out. And I saw this, and it got me thinking. Mackenzie Gore, he is points league dynasty gold. That's what his reputation is. His reputation is top pitching prospect in baseball. And I've talked a lot about Mackenzie Gore. A lot last year, I had him ranked astronomically. Then this year, I initially had him I in my top 30. Top 30 overall. Love Mackenzie Gore. Love the, the repertoire, four pitches from the left side, funky delivery, uh, high high velocity fastball, high spin rate. Uh, sick guy, Walker Bueller from the left side. All these, all these comparisons. I I believe them. However, it just doesn't. There's there's something wrong there. There's something absolutely wrong. As the Hawk points out, the the Padres went out of their way to do everything they possibly can could to could do to block him. I mean, this is. This should be the time that, that he's rising up. You know, he's he's it, it's it's not like he was he was drafted last year. It, this this guy, you know, somebody of this kind of pitching pedigree, last year they called up Luis Patino instead of him. And then this year they go and they do everything they possibly can to acquire a full rotation worth of, of starters, veteran starters, that does not include Gore. Now, I, they say, yeah, well, you know, we want to make sure that he starts out as a starter and not a reliever, and that's why Patino was called up, and yada, 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 and all that. We don't want to interrupt his routine, but there's a lot of there's rumblings about his, his delivery, about the mechanics, about the results, just not being there. And then he did last spring. He did not look great. He didn't look great at all. It didn't look like dominant Mackenzie Gore at all in the least. So what if he's hit a snag? What if this is a a left-handed version, not of Walker Bueller, but of Forrest Whitley? The, the Padres are a win-now team, and they easily, if, if Gore is the looking like to them, this, this is a smart organization, but if, if, Gore, if Gore's looking to them like he's just a dominant force, you don't go out and, and get Musk, Musgrove and pay all this uh, money for, for you, Darvish, and, and you give up the farm for Blake Snell. You just, you just, don't, you just don't do that. Um, you, you at least you, you go get Snell and you, you possibly get one of Musgrove or you and then, and then leave, leave a spot in there for for your boy Gore. So there's just kind of a, a little bit of a a hesitancy. Like, do I know that Gore's better than Asa Lacy? The, the Ace on the on the Royals, the Royals aggressive they promote a little bit more aggressively than the Padres do. Lacy's ninety eight with sick breaking stuff. I mean, do I know that I want Gore? more than Asa Lacey right now? Do I know that I want him more than Max Meyer? This is who who might who might seriously be Walker Bueller. Um I don't. I, I really I really don't. But chances are 
chances look chances are yeah but you you don't know man and and there's enough doubt there where if i can cash that gore chip in in the in the auction that we just did gore went for over 30 bucks so there's still a very 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 high value on him points league dynasty gore is over 30 i believe i got lacy for 10 bucks are you telling me that that if i could get and i know you don't do this with you know auction prices after the the whole thing but if if I get three Ace of Lacy's for Gore, shoot, give me two. If I get Ace of Lacy and another nice piece for Gore, shoot, I, I'm doing that deal, man. You know, I'm I'm doing that deal. And so I've got to say that I would look in your points dynasty leagues to see what the value is. Don't say, hey, everybody, I'm shopping Gore. Don't say that. But open up a trade window with the Ace of Lacy owner and see if you can get Asa Lacey or Max Meyer and then a nice dope prospect. I wouldn't be surprised if you get if you couldn't get Asa Lacey and a nice bat like um like CJ Abrams or, or Riley Green or Jordan Groshans or or something something in that range. Very high, high profile uh prospect bat. Boom, boom for for Gore. I wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't if you could get that. And now would be the time to do it. Now definitely would be the time to do it before spring training starts. He's down there. He comes out in spring training and he you know has another game with three walks and three strikeouts and two runs and in three innings pitched and he just doesn't look dominant. And then he's down and the farm and we don't know what's going on and he's you know I, I now is when you i cash that chip not for anything i mean not for not for pennies on the dollar not for night if i can get full gore price right now i do it i do it and i still love the upside obviously i'm not selling him at a discount right now but i am going ahead and getting rid of gore if I can cash that chip for a good price. So there you go. Players that were selling. Max Freed. We're cashing that Freed chip. Notice you can get you can get high price for Max Freed. High, high price. Go get it. Mackenzie Gore. You can get high, high price. And then players that we are buying. Zach Plesak. And then players that we're holding slash buying. Max Scherzer. Notice, I'm not taking what a lot of people, times times industry experts and sharps do these columns. They drive me crazy. It's like players that are on the obvious downslide in terms of industry value. Those are their sells. Why the hell would you do that? Like, why would you do that? Why would you take somebody that has a bunch of negative publicity and sell them like right now? Like, wh- why? That makes zero freaking sense. Zero sense. You know, you don't take the stock and 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 sell it at its lowest point. Even if you don't necessarily believe in that player, allow the value to come back up a little bit. Bam, cash the chip then. Cash the chip then. And then the players that I'm buying, you know, I don't have a problem. I don't have a, as a, a problem buying high. If you want to spend a lot of money on Bieber, go ahead. You want to spend a lot of money on Cole, go ahead. Soto, go ahead. Spend your money, go ahead and go get those go get those sure awesome things do it but you don't need my advice to tell you that 
I'm going to pick those players that are those buy targets that are in that mid to late round, lid to mid to late range. That aren't I, you know anybody tell you to buy a top five player? It's harder to say you know who's that player that's you know ranked uh, SP 20, 22, 23 that it's really SP five. Who I, I believe that Plesac can be that kind of player, and that's why I listed his name off for you today. And I believe that the, your league might possibly absolutely change their opinion on Max Scherzer if he comes out and dominates in that first game, and, and that's totally possible. He's had an awesome track re- record of coming out on opening day and, and smoking it. And that's when you want to sell Max. And so I'm even I'm about buying if I can get a good discount into Points League Dynasty. Those old guys awesome can be an awesome 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 dis, discount. Somebody like Charlie Blackman, good in the Points League, Coors Factor out there. He's kind of a slow starter sometimes, but when he gets going, man, he's he's almost as good as any hitter in the league and there's no real signs that he's declining. You get him for cheap and then when he starts going on a, on a run, go ahead and cash that chip. You don't need to think. People think dynasty. I need, oh, man, I need all young guys with great futures. No, 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 no. A lot of times these the values in an auction will be like, get a guy like Blackman for like 10 11 bucks. That's what I got him for. Um, and then wait for them to go on a run. Javier Baez is another name who had an awful year last year, and the peripherals support the fact that he has an he had an off that he should have had an awful year, but he was due for a correction there because he always breaks the peripheral rules. I don't think he got worse. I think he's dead. that's just the balancing out of Baez. Baez comes out and starts smoking the ball. Guess what? Guess what? All of a sudden, people are going to be buying in. So I'm, I'm, even though I'm not a believer in Baez, I'm getting that chip if it's basically free. It's smash. Get that? When they start going to run, then you freaking sell them. You you don't need to be you're 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 managing this team by the day and by the week, not by your dynasty team. You're not you're not thinking, oh, this is gonna be my team for the next ten years. No, you're not. These are these are pieces that you can use by everybody has a different value at a given time. And when the bullets start flying, people want players that can get them points now. Now, 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 now. So yeah, I mean Justin Verlander has almost zero value right now. Get him on your team. Stash him on your team. If he comes back next year and shoot, like Tom Brady's what, 45? Who says Justin Verlander can't have three or four more years left in him? Or at least one or two. He comes back from Tommy John surgery next year. It looks absolutely fantastic in the spring. He takes great care of himself. What's he worth? He's all of a sudden worth a lot of money. And he might be a more sure thing than a lot of these prospects, a lot of these high-end prospects. You can get him for almost nothing. So just an example, like we don't, you know, oftentimes Dynasty, we think, oh, got to be young. You you, you want to value players in the moment on the, and, and see where they are on the, on the stock chart, on the stock chart. You don't want to have what they call in the stock market terminology, what, what the cool kids say, paper hands. That's where you get all nervous about a stock and just get rid of that stock even when it's not giving you the value. You want to have diamond hands. That's when diamond hands is where you hold a stock, even if it's not looking the best, but you're still going to hold it, have confidence, life goes in waves, hold it through the tough times, sell it right when it, boom, when it's on the upswing. All right. I know it takes a bit of psychological discipline to do these things, but if you do that, you will be rewarded. So we had some principles on the show today. We had two buys and two sells, and hopefully we'll get back with the next episode a little quicker than we got to this one real quick. 
It has been your boy Trader Joe with the Fantasy Gorilla Show. Once again, powered by the, 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 the weekly streamer. Peace. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you. Once again, the Fantasy Gorilla Show with Trader Joe has been brought to you by the Weekly Streamer. Make sure to subscribe to the Weekly Streamer Dynasty Baseball Podcast, available on all platforms. And join the Weekly Streamer Dynasty Baseball Group on Facebook. Hit your boy Trader Joe on that platform for further assistance. Yeah. It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy.